Today with me I also have Sarah, which I don't know if she's been on any episode before. I don't think she has. But you no. have helped in behind the scenes. She's done a lot of research, especially for the last episode. So yay. She's gonna help me out today a little bit. Yeah. Uh, before we start, I really want to thank the Student Union for the nomination and the award for Best uh, Best New Society that we got at the Frank Hill Awards. That was amazing. I didn't expect it, and it was a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, thank you to Nula for supporting us from day one, and thank you for the, the entire Student Union really for supporting us, and to all the people that came to the Society, uh, so Otto, Lisa, G, Sarah was here, Kesh, everyone who showed up, Don. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to make all the lists of the names, but there's a lot of people I'm really thankful for. <laughs> so yeah, today we are talking about mental health because last week was Mental Health Awareness Week. Don't worry about us being late. It's okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, technically this could be our last episode, quote unquote last episode. It will be the last episode you'll hear me talking like this, but we, it's not technically the last episode, but you'll see because I'm being really vague right now. So it's fine. <laughs> um, so yeah, today with me I have Ben. I can hello. say hello. <laughs> and Ollie. Hi. Um, to talk a bit about mental health and why it affects us. Well, not why it affects us, but like how it affects us students and, you know, how we can deal with it and just have a little chat about it as we usually do. So yeah, to start, I was thinking about talking about Ben because you organized an event called In My Mind as your, I'm assuming, final, like, your... Final major project. Final major <laughs> project, because uh, you're in creative events. Yeah. Um, and I was just wondering, like, how how was the process for that and how, like, it must have been, like, really hard to try and create something around <laughs> it. Like, <laughs> it's what was the project? Yeah. Definitely an experience. <laughs> I'll probably start then with uh, explaining what it was. Yeah. Um, so In My Mind was a response for our event group, um, in what we felt the fact that a lot of events you saw around mental health and mental illness weren't really relatable so you always saw kind of like the the mental health fairs which gave you lots of facts and figures about this many people have this mental illness this mental illness and this one and we felt that basically people couldn't relate to it you couldn't really connect to that like someone who would come up to you and say i have a cold you'd be able to understand kind of what they meant because you'd felt it yeah um so what we wanted to do was make an event that put people in the shoes of someone who had mental illness, so hence in my mind, a mind in someone else's shoe. Um, so yeah, it was definitely interesting because <laughs> obviously to create it, we wanted to interview as many people as we could with different mental illnesses in different parts of life as well. So we had people in the university, out of university, people who were retired. We interviewed so many different people with so many different mental illnesses to try and kind of get a, start creating an idea, I guess. Um, so, yeah, no, we had to go through the unis, all of their kind of ethics codes, ethics forms, oh. everything. So <coughs> months of delays of them checking everything and making sure we could do this and not get in massive trouble for doing it right. with the uni. Oh. Um, yeah, that's the last thing you want. So, oh, I'm going to work for three months, but you can't do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the interviews were so late because of that. Like, they were supposed to start in, in like, September and they didn't start until November, December time just because of all of the hurdles we had to kind of jump yeah. and hoops we had to go through. But, um yeah it was really interesting we obviously worked with so many people on in the uni we worked with the new creative writing course oh yeah seen those guys it's been yeah, quite it's fun really it's been cool. really good working with them but they made us yeah that's their first year um <laughs> but they made a script actually from all of the <coughs> anonymized interviews so they got given basically a load of raw kind of interviews like typed up interviews right and then they turned it into a creative writing piece so the event itself was working with the emerging arts fringe um 
you went into a shipping container and it was really hot in that shipping container <laughs> and, it really warm. Um, and you'd wear silent disco headphones which basically played this piece of recording again we worked with another student who turned it into binaural sound so it like oh, literally would move cool. around your head like it was whirlsy like ASMR. Yeah, ASMR yeah. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you... One person <coughs> in the corner, like, it's very immersive, and one of them's tingling. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they basically went through, and there was different art installations that basically kind of pulled out certain parts of the mid that you heard. And the idea was, obviously, we wanted them to go through, experience it, and then come out having a different view of mental health and nerds mm. and the kind of had of it. So it was a bit more of a relatable experience. So was it more educational, the whole... Throughout. Uh, I I'd say it's struggled to say it was educational because it wasn't necessarily like being like this is what it is, this is what it is, but yeah. it was more of like a relatable, I guess, emotional mm. experience. A lot of people came out very emotional from it. Uh, was it aimed? Do you think it was more aimed at people suffering or aimed at people who didn't couldn't? Was it? Yeah, was it aimed at yeah. people who were suffering <laughs> or more aimed at people who didn't suffer from it? It was obviously aimed at the idea was starting that conversation with people who haven't suffered with it before. Okay. Interestingly, the web the word kind of spread about it quite quickly, and yeah. we actually turned out we were. I think we basically got told by some of the beef people that we were one of the most spoken about ones in the whole street because there were several shipping containers, which was amazing to hear. But wow. cool. mm. issue that being, a lot of people who suffered from mental health or mental illness and worked with a mental illness were the ones who then sought out to see it as opposed to people who didn't. Um, yeah. So kind of not necessarily exactly what we wanted, but it was still really interesting to see people come through and the conversations we had with people amazing like each yeah. one was like at a minimum of five minutes sit down chat with them like another one spread up to like 20 minutes we were sat talking to this like group of friends i think the best ones were when you had um one person with mental illness took a friend or family member through who didn't have mental illness and seen the interaction between them um so as i said like you had a dad and his daughter go through and the dad came out and the daughter had mental illness the dad didn't and the dad came out and basically said that he had felt that he had done it all wrong not necessarily yeah, wrong but he like had a different view of it and it was like he'd never connected with it yeah. as much and it was like that's really interesting to hear and it's quite it's quite it was good we felt really positive after it exhausted yeah, after this but <laughs> it. it's like really tiring oh yeah, yeah. Well, luckily it we must worked, be rewarding yeah we worked with dorset mind all the way through as well so it was oh, really yeah. good having them signposting people didn't even realize they were there so um with these interviews and stuff, you said Dorset Mind then got involved with the university? Yeah, so they basically at the start of the year, Student Services called us in for um, for an interview. They wanted to change kind of how they looked at kind of mental health, mental illness and what they could provide for it. Um, it was actually specifically LGBT plus students, but um, it kind of just spread out a little bit more. But that's obviously why I was invited to come along to it. But um Because context because then is LGBT. LGBT officer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, they wanted us to come along, but yeah, I got a Dorset Mind to come along anyway, um, just to see what they could provide as an outside source, because obviously right. student services are very stretched <laughs> with the yeah. amount of students needing, wanting to come and talk to yeah. counsellors, things like that. 3,000 students mm -hmm. for like a group, a team of 15, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, quite, it's not many, and a lot of them are actually only training, so they can't actually do that many. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they did, they changed a lot of it from that, but then there's obviously, um, before that even, so um, like how they provide it, so... I don't know if anyone's actually used it before, but it used to be you'd book into one initial meeting with them and then you'd and get then six weeks of therapy. Yeah. Um, and then the six weeks, it would just be like a very blunt cut off. Like, if that's you yeah. done, then. That's you true, got six I weeks and that was I got, I, I did that. I went um, to counselling, but what they said is if I could go to Redlands. Redlands, Redlands yeah. They're um, really good, I've heard. They're, they're really good. I had really good experience, but it was also like 24 sessions. But they changed that, I think. 
So they've basically changed it now, right? So week by week, which I think works better because I see mm-hmm. some people were like, I don't know, when I had it after the sixth week, and I was like, wow, this is the end of your sessions now. Yeah. But oh, more I'm not done. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's the thing. Because like, they don't always forward everyone to Redlands either, so it's a bit kind of like whether they if they think you need more, then yeah. they send you to more, and obviously it's just kind of out into it again. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, you can undo a lot of the work that you've done. Yeah, it was ex- it was especially because like with a lot of people they do therapies like CBT, which mm-hmm. takes it? it's cognitive behavioral therapy. So it's basically where they um they kind of try to work out what's causing negative thoughts or yeah. feelings and then they teach you basically ways to cope with it so um like respond positively instead of negatively yeah so yeah, i could i could yeah you can. So i could do an example which for me was um was the kind of like catastrophizing things i always assuming the worst is going to yeah. happen so the response i was taught was to actually every time you start to get those feelings of oh it's all going to go wrong is to look at it and go Okay, so either it can go wrong, it could go spectacularly wrong, it could go really, really well. The likelihood of either of them happening, not very likely, but the likelihood is it'll be okay. Yeah. And it'll work out fine. Um, and that's the kind of like the way they taught me to start thinking about it. But obviously the okay. problem is with CBT is they have to find out the root causes first, which means yeah. a lot of the time they say they have, to, yeah, they have to break you down to build you back up again as it is. So yeah. six weeks is usually the time it takes to kind of break down to those points. Yeah. And, so yeah. At that point and you're then you're of, just like, what do I do now? You're now I'm aware of all these new things <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't know were actually the issue before. So, uh, oh, yeah. thank you. I'm made of bricks and there's no cement anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, literally. Just throw the materials like that. But um, yeah, no, they've changed it now, basically. So it's you have your session and then you come out and you book in for another week. So it's right. just literally week on week on and week. And even if you, I've heard, well, I've been told by them, uh, if it's like, if you're desperate, they can actually book you in for more than once a week, but they tend to keep it once a week just so yeah. they get rid yeah. of them and the regularity. They'll do... So they do more than once a week if it's like a close three phase yeah, or something yeah. bad has happened at that point. Um, That's pretty good though, because yeah, from when I did it last year, like it changed a lot and it's kind of a lot more organized and done. Like, have you had any experience with that as well? Or uh, yeah, well, well, I yeah, I um, I went to the the counselling that they offer at uni in my first year, <coughs> but um, I didn't I didn't get on with it at all because. I needed sort of CBT and all that sort of stuff as well, because um I've sort of got like my main affliction is is um OCD. I've also got like the anxiety that comes with that and the depression, all of that nasty stuff. But yeah, it sort of got to a point where <coughs> some places were offering um these counsellors, and it was more of somebody to talk to than somebody that was trained to deal with it. I think was the yeah. was yeah. the issue that I found. So I ended up getting. Um, a paid like psychiatrist outside of the the sort of free stuff that you could get, yeah. Um, which you know isn't always necessary. I don't think it's it's something that everybody should jump to. I think it's um, but it can be you know really helpful. Is so. I remember I went to this this man, um, and we did CBT for a number of months, um. And yeah, it's re- it's a really good way of doing it. Like you say, it breaks it down over time and and gives gives you sort of coping mechanisms. And um, yeah, I'm not so I don't obviously I've not been to the one at uni in, in yeah. a couple of years, so I don't really know the state of it at the moment. But yeah, yeah, no, that's the thing because of course you know getting a private therapist or a private psychologist takes money, and the fact that yeah, you it's now not always something anyone everyone can do. Yeah, it's not something everybody has <laughs> availability to do. Mm. That we think about. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I was very um, lucky with it. My parents, um, I, I ended up telling my parents all about it. Yeah, and that's really good. They really didn't 
understand it, but they were. I was quite lucky in the fact that my parents were willing to accept it. Yeah. You know, yeah. They, they they said we don't get what the hell's going on in your head, mm-hmm. but we know it's affecting you, so we're willing to help you help you out. With it. But obviously, I know that's not um not an option for everybody. Yeah, that's 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 quite a kind of common reaction, mm. luckily, like in a way because. I can talk for myself at the beginning. My parents had no idea. Like, they thought, you know, I kind of, like, hid a little bit in the sense that there was, um, they put this counseling service for the very first time in my high school. And there's a huge stigma around, like, going to somebody. Mm. And then you say, like, now I can openly say, oh, I went to see my therapist today. (coughs) And, but that's a process I had to do. And that's, like, how I also saw it and how I also kind of came to terms with it. And, also c- came to terms with the fact that I don't care what people think at this point because mm. it's for myself and it's mm. it's about talking about it and making it aware and people often go like oh how can I do that as well like mm. how can I get it like uh, more mm. often than not it's surprising like you might be scared to say it but there's nothing to be scared about mm. so at the beginning I but when I first started I was like 16 and I started having anxiety and I went to this counselor and you had to get like a permit signed from your parents so I faked my parents signature Oh. Um, well, you didn't want to tell your parents? Because I was terrified of telling my parents. Mm. And when I, in fact, did... They're the last they, people you want to know to find out. Yeah. yeah. And it's all often, like, really disheartening to also realise that the people who should, like, support you the most won't do that in that case. Mm. I mean, now it's all fine. My parents are really more understanding. I think they came to that process of, like, we don't really know what's going on, but we'll support you. And, like, mm. we don't yeah. want you to stop, you know, seeing your therapist and we don't want you to stop going. Uh, because this is good for you and we realize that and I appreciate that so much and like I can see that by me getting better uh, or like at least learning how to manage better and they kind of understood more and you know it's not perfect people are always going to have their limitations especially it's good I feel like now we are talking a bit more about it as our generation is talking a lot more about it than it was before because there was a stronger stigma. Yeah. Mm. But I feel like there's still <coughs> oh, excuse me. That's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's still like more we can do. Like what I really appreciate as I said to you guys before we started recording as well is that like you are two boys and you're willing to come here and talk about your mental health and talk about your issues like like everybody and a lot of the time I feel like it's really hard for men to feel like we should talk. Yeah, I think it it's it's always it's always been like that I think um, yeah. and I'm sure you've had um, good similar tr- uh, s- situations with the LGBT stuff as well it's like when you're growing up <coughs> especially in secondary school secondary school is the worst place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the worst, it's the worst place and you're More just and you're, years to be forgotten <laughs> yes, and you're surrounded by these people that you, and you 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 try to make friends so badly and yeah. you want to have a group of friends in secondary school so badly that you're willing to you know yeah push down those things that you don't want people to know it's like and i was always you know i, I remember i had um i'm pretty sure i started having ocd when i was like 10 right and um and i just and i didn't tell anybody till i was about 18 because you know the whole through the whole through secondary school i wanted to be like all of my other guy mates and mm. be butch and play football and and no, you know not talk about your emotions you know anyone that talked about their emotions was was you know that, that wimpy kid so and then it's when you get to that age where you can finally you know, sit down Give and be like you know what I, yeah. I'm done pretending that I'm not in touch with my emotions and, you, and then it's actually interesting because once you do tell people it's often the complete opposite reaction that you were expecting yeah. Yeah. you know I, I eventually told my parents when I was about 18 and all my friends from school 
and I didn't get a single negative reaction. And I'm sure that's not always the case, but it's I think more often than not, it's not as bad as yeah. you think it's going to go. It's surprising to see yeah. also how people well, well people can react to mm. it. And the whole thing about like you know you feeling like you had to be like strong and you yeah. know mm. hide everything. I feel like I feel like that as a lot as a lot as well. But I imagine the pressure mm. is really strong on them to do that. And I always felt like that was pointless. Like. Yeah. I don't know because like you have to be masculine. I think a lot of like the thing as well is you say obviously like it was stigmatized. Yeah. Like even in like from when we were younger. Um I think a lot of it was almost like I, I feel like for me, like I went like grew up knowing like not knowing I had something, but having something. Like yeah. obviously for a lot of people, like it's there for most of your life. Like mm-hmm. with me it was a bit different because my mum was sectioned for quite a bit of my younger life, so she spent most of my like childhood before I went to secondary school in hospitals. Um, and so for me, the way I was looking at mental illness was this thing that puts you in hospital. Right. And yeah. so I didn't even know, like acknowledge the fact that I might have something, but my parents were giving me, they were putting me in therapy before I even realised I was in therapy. Right. Like, it was really weird to explain, but like I was like, yeah, 10 years old, 8 years old, something, and I was going to see a therapist, but I didn't know I was seeing a therapist. It was masked, it was hidden. They hid it as, you're going to see, talk to someone just about what's happening with your mum, just just so you can talk to someone about it. And the entire time now, I look back, I'm like, oh my God, they were putting me in therapy before I ever noticed, which I think, like, especially back then, that was really good of them to be doing, but in a weird way, the way it was so hidden. Would you rather they just told you? I'd rather they like I don't know I don't know necessarily it's, it's fine, I don't think right? it's how, fine. how young do you teach because I think they should teach it earlier mm. but then again there's the danger if you teach it earlier that kids maybe with like a slight bit of anxiety are then going to snowball as they yeah. grow up because yeah. then they're aware that you can get worse it's like, like you're saying aware of the more extreme yeah cases. that's the thing like for me for me the view I had always was mental illness is so extreme you're going to end up in hospital and that was exactly. and if, and if and it's not about seeing and also like if that's not where you are then you're not mentally unwell. Yeah. And then you're yeah. like, oh, well, I guess I'm fine. That it's, adds it's to cool it that as I'm well, because that's the thing, and not talking about it makes you think that it's nothing, and you have mm. nothing, and then all of your worries and everything is meaningless, which inevitably makes it worse. I think, yeah, I think, like, you know, you can look back at it now, I'm sure everyone can, can agree with it. It's like, you'll look back at things you did, like, when you're going through yeah. school and that, and be like, wow, I was really not well at that point. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why didn't I just reach out? Why yeah, didn't I just reach out? Yeah, it was like, I really needed help then, but... Again, I think it was saying it's not taught and it's not spoken about. It's just this weird, like, uh, the word we used when we were doing the event was romanticized in a way. Yeah. Um, which is not the right word to use, but it was the closest word we could find to use in a way. It's like it's given this almost unreachable, unattainable mm. kind of level of like. It's cool to be tragic. Yeah, it's cool and it's sad. like, it's almost like, again, the things you see, the mental illness you see are extremes. Yeah, so I, have, you, you uh, I have quite a bit of opinions about that, but I'm not going to go into it too much. But there's <laughs> a. You know, there's a lot of TV shows that romanticize yeah. mental health. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to name names. <laughs> the opinions will go out. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. See, I've, avoid, I've avoided that show. I've avoided it. Is, I've heard enough thing. about it where I'm like, I don't like the concept. The thing is, like, it's I always find, as soon as I find anything that's like, I can see is going to be a slightly triggering, 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 triggering yeah. um, to my mental health, I just, I avoid at all costs. Because yeah. it's just like, I don't want to see Same. this. And I don't like your event, I think there are ways of, of doing this that, they're not Initiate, doing yeah. I, you know I've, yeah. I've always thought because um, I love films and stuff I've always thought about the kind of films you could make about mental health that aren't like you say romanticising that aren't 
putting it in there as a gimmick, rather representing it how it is. So you could watch it and relate to it without it being like yeah. you're being made fun Do of you know or what? whatever. Really weirdly, actually, I went round a friend's house. Yeah. yeah, I went round a friend's house last night and she put on uh, Princess Diaries. Now, that film, I've always loved, but you know sometimes yeah. you don't realise what they're talking about. Yeah. In it. yeah. I don't know how well you will know the film, but there's a bit in it where um, the main character, she's doing a talk and she starts to feel really nervous and like goes to fart, so runs away. And a bit later in the film, she comes through and the cheerleader, American schoolgirl cheerleaders, bullies yeah. were there. And they made a comment on her going, oh, you're going to talk at the bulimic society so you can throw up as you talk. And they were all laughing about it. I was just like sat there. I was like, Whoa, that yeah. is ridiculous that they oh, put that fuck. in a film. Like, yeah. And again, that went straight over my head when I watched it yeah. when I was younger. And mm. I was just like sat there now, obviously a bit more aware of it. I was like, wow, films really give mental illness this really comedic like yeah. really oh, it's, yeah. or it's horrible like, rep like time, yeah and it's the way that she they were like pretending to throw up at her and that and making comments on her talking at the bulimic society because it was so perfect because she can throw up as she's talking and it's like that's not okay that's, like, that's so not what you should say but it's, it's like how yeah. quickly in, it's changed the as same well, in though. Miss Congeniality I was re-watching it recently <laughs> which for context it's about a policewoman going undercover in a beauty pageant and at one point she has a um, pizza party or whatever like she she's sick and tired of this stupid dieting she has to do so she orders in pizza and she has all her like the model other miss miss america miss utah miss texas whatever they're all eating pizza and she just sort of makes the flippant comment like oh but it's fine they'll just throw it up later it's i was like wow i was 10 when i watched this okay yeah. <laughs> that's the thing it ties so also like into eating disorders and, and like stuff like that it's crazy to I, I mean I, it's, you're opening my eyes right now because it's films like I genuinely like yeah like, you just never see those you never see like little the little bits. nuances and little stuff and then it, it stays with you as you're a kid as well even if you don't realize even if you don't realize yeah and then you know you get shows like that uh, that really bitter about it I'm sorry guys <laughs> but it's like all of my a lot of my friends like it and I never know how to approach them like do I shut up about it or do I like do I go like? Do you realize what you're watching right now? Like, are you aware of what you're like? I'm not gonna stop you from doing it, but at least are you aware of mm. what this show is saying and what they're doing? Because I I am aware of the fact that they're, they're like aim or what they say it is is to bring awareness. But I even remember reading the book when I was like, fourteen or something, or maybe a bit like older, and. I, I don't remember particularly liking it, but also, like, I didn't think much of it. I didn't think it was, you know, what they were showing was wrong or okay. And, you know, I'm not going against anyone who likes it. Like, if you like it, that's fine. But at least be aware of what's going on and what they're trying to portray because, yeah, it's not nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, it's really, it's crazy to think about, like, how media also portrays It's a very illness. fine line between yeah. portraying it well and then portraying it really badly. Yeah. And I think, again, that kind of, like, unreachable, unattainable is, like, even things that I mean, celebrities have had, you know, gone well. Yeah. And they're shown at their absolute worst, and it's, like, again, you just get given it's this image of... It's used against them. It's used against them. It's used yeah. as a really aggressive thing, isn't it? And it's, it's like... It's all over the papers. And yeah, and stuff. then it's just, like, then you're sat there and you're like, well, I can't have a mental health issue, mental illness or anything, because I'm not like that. I'm not, like, you know, sat in a corner of, like unclean face messy hair and that like you know bottle of alcohol in my hand because that's just what's happened to them but then it's also yeah. you get shown it as this is the this is what mental illness is and this is what it looks like and then yeah. tv shows and films feed into that as well and you get this really warped view of what it is it's like yeah. they don't treat it i think it's be, it's become like over the years it's become something where 
they don't consider it the same as a physical illness at all anymore. Yeah, so it's yeah. like like you say with celebrities, if if a celebrity has a mental breakdown, that'll be on the front page of the paper, like, look how messed up they are. Yeah. Whereas if they've got like a physical illness and they look like that because they were literally like ill. They'd be given their space. They would be given yeah. their space and they would be plastered all over magazines and yeah, stuff. And, and then that's the, what you grow up looking at. Mm. And I think OCD is a really good example of this because it's like, I don't think I've ever read anything online or heard anything in a TV show or a film that says it right. Because yeah. it's like, um, you know, you see, I've, I've, I've got used to it now, but it's like growing up when I realized I had OCDs, I go on Facebook and I'm, I'd have all my friends posting like, oh, I've, I've organized my jelly beans by color. I've got OCDs. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's and then you know, people yeah, come around my house and they see my rooms messy and they're like, oh, you haven't got OCD. So I'm like, it's, it's, there's it's, different, it's there's differences. Mm, and yeah. it's, it's just the fact that whoever talks about this stuff in the media is usually somebody that doesn't have it. You know, they write these mm. films. Yeah, it becomes an objective rather than like an actual thing. Like, it's ticking a, a box. Yeah, yeah. Thing, it's yeah. like you know, yeah. I just also see people saying, "Oh, I'm so bipolar." Like one day I'll, I'll laugh and the yeah. next day I'll yeah. cry. I'm like, that's like not it's how cool. It works, it's it's it it's was cool. almost become like romanticized. This hipster yeah. thing to to have. Yeah. OCD. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so OCD. I'm so OCD about that. It's yeah, because it's always seen OCD as well. Like <coughs> people think it's so like the cleaning obsessively and mm. just like washing your hands twenty five times in a day, and it's like there's. There's, lots of there's so many. It's sh- it's a nuances. They, well, they talk about it like that's the only thing, which is is, yeah. is really interesting because the reason. So, like I, 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 for example, do you know do those things because I have OCD and I do wash my hands like a hundred times a day and things like that. But the only reason you do those things that isn't really the the main problem. I can yeah. deal with that. But the only reason you do them is to try and stop the thoughts in your head, and that's the killer of mm. of the. Um, of the of the illness is that <clears throat> you're plagued with these these thoughts and the only way that you can stop them is by repeating actions. Yeah. Yeah, but that's like the only bit people see. Yeah, it's like a coping mechanism. Yes, yeah. but it's <coughs> yeah. so the only thing that's portrayed and it's so it's so weird because every time and I always have a hard time trying to tell people like you shouldn't use that that to describe this like mm-hmm. you can say you're because people always kind of take it badly sometimes if they don't really understand what's going on and that is why there needs to be a conversation about it because if you're not aware of what you're really saying yeah. it's like you're never going to get it and you're always going to use it to be like oh I organized all my shit look how OCD I am and yeah. stuff like that like <coughs> it's yeah it's a very difficult it's a very difficult conversation to have because because of the stigma around it, if you then are like that with your friends, say one of my friends said, oh, I'm so OCD, and I did call them out on it and said, look, you're wrong, that's not what OCD is, you should think before you say it, then I sound like I'm being a dick, because mm. there's a stigma around it that yeah, people and can't then talk about it. Yeah. And then you become a preach, though, and you're yeah. like, oh, you're that friend that never shuts up about mental health or something Yeah, and like it's that. Not like, yeah, then it sounds like you're just making everything about yourself, mm-hmm. so it's very difficult to have that conversation yeah. in a wider space. Um, yeah, I've had that experience before when I've tried to call something, like, I've tried to say stuff, or I've, and, like, and someone, and then, you know, and sometimes people, like, look at you as you're just being preachy about things, and mm-hmm. I, I, like, I remember once I was, I was really unwell, and I posted something, and I was, like, basically, I posted something to everyone, just being, like, I'm sorry, I've not been great, I haven't been talking to people, I've just kind of disappeared off Facebook, like, this is why, openly, this is why I've not been well. Yeah, which and is really, like, it's really yeah. brave and, and really uh, hard to do. The first yeah. comment I got was, not an excuse. And I was just like, and it was just like, that's really upsetting to see that, like, yeah. even if you want to be open about it, people, 
think you're either lying, you know, you're making things up, or you're being really preachy yeah. about I it. I feel like not an excuse is something that I would particularly use about myself as well. Like, it's something I would use myself as well. Last year, particularly, I was doing really bad, and I wasn't able to go to uni as much. And I've always seen it as, and it's something I grew up with, that if you're unwell, whatever it is, even when I, like, yeah, when you have physical stuff, it's, like, somehow easier to get out of things and i'm using quotes i'm aware like people can't see it but, like, <laughs> yeah that's what people think that you're trying to get out of something but like if you have a fever you know <coughs> or you bro- broke your leg because it's visible because it's there you it's kind of like it. easier yeah. to prove it um and one can understand that but at the same time it's like using why would i use it as an excuse like if i come to you and i'm telling you like i'm having a hard time that's already hard in itself like mm-hmm. that's already something i'm putting out there um, and being told that it's not an excuse for not doing certain things, like I'm genuinely trying to come your way and explain to you, and then you're just putting me down like that. Yeah. And it's something that I used to think as well, like about myself. I yeah. used to be like, I'm not doing this because today I'm having a bad, like proper depression day. But I would tell myself, well, it's not an excuse for not doing any work because I've got a deadline soon. Until I talked to one of my tutors, and he actually said, it's not an excuse, it's a reason. Because I was telling him, like, I'm not doing well. What can like my I went to talk to him to tell him what can I do to catch up, but the first thing he said is like, wait, wait. First of all, like, are you okay? Are you well? Like, are you doing support? And for are you getting support? And for me, it was mind blowing because all my life, especially in Italy, it's a lot more stigmatized than he like it's stigmatized everywhere. But back at home, I feel like I can't say I go to my therapist. Mm. I have a lot. I have a harder time using terms because if I say mental illness, the literal translation. In Italian, it's it's the same meaning, it's the same words, but it's a different meaning. People yeah. immediately think you you're like went to mental hospital and like you know if you talk about mental health, and I say mental health in Italian, people just associate it with and even myself. Yeah, with, yeah, with you know it with, with Bedlam in the middle super of like asylum like insane people, which mm-hmm. is another that's a whole completely different yeah. like spectrum of it, and it's not necessarily bad or should be seen negatively but that's how people associate like it's all one thing so not an excuse i feel like something that really like gets to me because until my until my tutor told me it's it's a reason like you're unwell that's fine you're trying to catch up and that's already something i literally i went home and i talked to my mom and my mom agreed with me initially that it wasn't an excuse and you know she didn't do it in a bad way but it's just what she grew up with and how she yeah. kind of dealt with and like what she passed on to me and I, it's Just crazy to, to think about it but it takes one little thing literally and then it changes your view on anything that's just why it's, it's I guess good that here as well I can get the support that I can get and it's good to hear that they're changing it as well at UB even though like they were trying but <laughs> of course there's a lot of us yeah. mm-hmm. so <laughs> and that's the thing I think like there's a lot of us and there's a lot of we well, what we've all been saying like oh like people think mental health means one thing and it can mean lots of different things for everyone else like what yeah. you were saying earlier about people have this one image of OCD but that's not what it is at all yeah. we've all had this experience mm. with whenever we've dealt with it there's this image of what it means and it's not necessarily some of it is your experience is your experience correlates with that but not always mm. and the biggest thing I think anyone could ever just take away is if you don't understand it that doesn't mean it's not real yeah like just mm. even if even if even if you're pulling your hair out because your best friend hasn't answered her phone in weeks and you're and 
it's getting to the point where it's hurtful like you just have to know that it's it isn't them like it's not them it's something that's affecting them it's yeah. as if they've got a really bad fever and they can't pick up the phone because the same effect is happening they can't pick up the phone for whatever reason yeah i think there's a there's there's like a difference between you know being rude and having an issue like that yeah, doesn't yeah, allow you to talk to people so if your friend told you like listen i can't like you know, it's hard because exactly. I've been there. I've been a person who doesn't pick up their phone. I've been told by my friend, it's, um, it's impossible <laughs> to reach you. You never check your texts. Mm. And, you know, you joke and laugh about it, but, like, I know why I don't check my texts. Yeah. I know it's because, like, it takes me a lot of energy to reply to that one thing, especially if I'm having a bad day or a bad week or whatever. But the moment you tell people, especially your friends, like, you're just like, hey, I'm having a bad time. I'll reply to you when I can. Yeah. People will be understanding. I know we've been talking about people being shitty to us, but... Most of the time, you know, if especially if they're your friends, like they exactly they understand, they understand. like it's worth well, yeah. to tell or them. Or if they make an effort to understand it, that's yeah. already it is. Of it. It's definitely worth telling people because I, I think, like you were saying about your <coughs> about your tutor, yeah. it, it is becoming more common for people to be understanding. And really yeah, like I, I spoke to my tutor when I was um, in my first year of uni, he said the same things, he was really supportive, and then when I went, I started my first job um my first proper job this this year and i had a i had a couple of weeks where i sort of slipped down and um and i i took the decision to tell him i i I went took my boss into the um into just like a private space and told him all about it and you know again to my surprise he was really really nice about it he said i'd rather you took a week off if you need a week you take two weeks if you want and then come back when you're ready rather than Coming in and struggling every day. Yeah, you know that's good to hear because, like, mm. I feel like now we're in university and we have, you know, student service and advertising and everything, and people mm. being understanding. But I feel there's a lot of pressure, like, when you go into the workplace, because I struggle. Yeah. I like I'm not struggle, but like I think about the struggle that I might have when I graduate and I get a job. Mm. And it's, I mean, you guys are both graduating, so I, I don't want to, mm. you know, make you think about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> it depends on the place, but it, yeah. I think you know there can be. Just, just as nice people. Yeah. yeah. Just good. Which is good. Yeah. It's worth the chance to at least try, I guess. It's, it's just scary. Like, it's really cool and it's really brave that you did it. Like, mm. I feel like we're using that word a lot, brave. But, and like, but it is. It's hard. It is. It mm. is hard. Like, um, you know, sometimes people think that's very dramatic. But at the same time, it's... Because I've heard, like, I've been told, you know, if you're staying brave, it's like I'm feeling brave to talk about it because i'm i'm trying to be open about it, even just talking about this today and for me last year when people asked me where you're going i wouldn't say i'm going to see my therapist i would say i have a doctor's appointment because somehow saying i have the cold or like something like that i need to get a checkup yeah. it's easier and that's fine if you're in that place but it's as long as you know that you don't have to like if you don't want to you don't have to keep yeah. it hidden from people because people I want it it could be the most help being brave is actually one of the most helpful things i actually this yeah. is a really obscure place i found this but um i watched um an interview with chris evans who plays captain america oh, right <laughs> <laughs> got a soft spot for him oh boy <laughs> don't we all um and he, he he was saying that he had anxiety he had depression and stuff and he was offered the role of captain america years and years ago like six times he kept turning it down because he was so anxious about taking such a long contract and i know it's a very different situation than we're going to encounter in our lives but he said that he went and spoke to a therapist um and what he ended up coming to the conclusion was was that you he he thought the best thing for him is to do the thing that scared him Mm. 
the most. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it might turn into something amazing. And, he's, and it, you know, and it did. And he never regretted it after that. But doing the things that scare you is is one of the most powerful things you could do. Like, I mean, the, one of the hardest things that I've encountered since, um, since I was a kid was um, forming relationships when you have mental health yeah. issues. It's one of the most treacherous paths yeah. you can take, yeah. but it's also yeah. like you, you, you still deserve that. And I think um, me, and my, me and my girlfriend, when we were younger, um, we really struggled because I didn't know what it was and I wasn't getting the help I needed. And so it put stress on the relationship and stuff. Um, but now that we're much older and I know how to deal with it and stuff, and, and, and she knows when to sort of help me with it and stuff or when to leave me alone and it's yeah. sort of like um, and it, it works fine and now it's not really ever an issue but it's because we took the, the sort of the braver approach and just went for it anyway and, and, and I'm, I'm so thankful that I did yeah. you know stay with her because you know it can really work out so you just gotta push yourself to, to carry on with your life despite yeah, it's hard but stuff. it's yeah. worth it I think yeah yeah <coughs> well, thank you guys. I think that's that's a nice old note to end it on. Um, there's a lot more to talk about. I feel like we never like kind of could cover it. We cover it exactly. Sorry, today I'm a loss for words. But uh, um, yeah, but thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for yeah. being open. Is there one last thing you guys? Yeah, if there's anything just else, a parting thought, something that helped you. Mm. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> 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 no, 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 change people's but, lives. Um, Start talking about it, whether yeah, you yeah, suffer with it or you don't, and ask questions. And yeah. it's okay to ask those questions. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it happened to me on the way here, like on the bus or running to a friend, and she asked me about it, and you know, she get, she got kind of emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was kind of mind blowing, and that's the thing. Like people t- want to talk about it most of the time, so yeah. that's a good. I think I'm gonna leave it with the best bit of advice I ever got. Um, which was actually from a website called Mindfulness. Have you guys heard of Mindfulness? There's, oh, I'm actually sure if the website's called that, but <coughs> there's these podcasts you can get online um, oh. called Mindfulness, and they're like a, a therapeutic thing you can just listen to on the way to work. And the, the best one I ever listened to, which was reiterated by many people, is that when you, when you get these thoughts in your head, when you get scared, when you get anxious, remember that you can't help it. Remember the fact that you... You have this, whatever it is, a chemical imbalance in your brain, and just try in your head to laugh it off and know that you're being silly and just try and laugh at it and move on with your day. Yeah. I mean, of course, we're not professionals, you know, no. we're yeah. students, but that's the thing. That's why I also really wanted to do this episode because mm. it, it's important to talk about it. And I really hope that at least if there's one person that like, comes up to us and like tells us, hey, you make me like talk to a counselor. That's yeah. it. That's yeah. my job is yeah. done. Because it's 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 one of those things that it's really hard to do. And if you're struggling with anything, really, like be aware that it's okay. I know it's it's a thing. Everyone it's a says. thing everyone says. Like yeah, like, it, sometimes when I was doing really bad, I would see online, you know, people being like, "Oh, it's fine. It's okay. You know, you'll be okay." And I would even get annoyed. I would be like, mm. "Yeah, sure, whatever." You with your twenty five cactuses and like. <laughs> watering plants and, that and everything you own is white and nothing ever gets dirty yeah <laughs> like that's not how it is but the thing is i own like five cactuses now and i own aloe and i love planting and like watering and, like 
plans and stuff like that. So I became that kind of person <laughs> that I hated. But it's there's a reason for that, and that is once you realize what's going on, and once you kind of help yourself and help other people help you, yeah, everything kind of starts falling in place, and you'll be okay. Like, you know, and if you have it, like seriously, if you have it the hardest, like. You can talk to me. You can message the podcast society, yeah. and if you need any help, we'll be here. And you know, of course, if you like, I would always suggest to go to counseling services as yes, we talked same. about it. But if you find that hard and you need like help with that, there's people around you that are willing to. There's always, always people there. Yeah. yeah. So far, then it was just at my end and the Samaritans. Yeah. Ooh, perfect to talk to. Samaritans exactly. are good for just Samaritans talking. Are good, they are yeah. good. Mind are good for actually being signposted the right help. Friends are brilliant. Family are brilliant. And yeah. uni's if we go there. <laughs> <laughs> I've just remembered that website. So I'm pretty sure it's called Headspace. Headspace. Oh, Headspace. Headspace. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. As well, it's good. Yeah. Also, hang on. What is it called? The Quiet Place. Com? Oh, I know the Quiet Place. The Quiet yeah. Place. It's really good. It's like just like this site where you uh just take a moment you just yeah you just take a moment and they have i think different kind of things that you can do they have like this little room where you can just it's called the thoughts room and you just type anything that's like upsetting you um and it kind of you see it like you see the words crumble in front of you and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but it's it's you know when you're like really into your anger and you're really into like your anything any feelings that you're going through there's also like the quiet room has the kind of like sort of group it's not well they have group chats but now it's like it's kind of like a a a board how would you call it like you post your message message and then yeah yeah, like a message board you post whatever is upsetting you you just vent and then people can reply to you and tell you like you know words of advice or anything Mm -hmm. and there's people that are registered you don't have to register you it's anonymous if you just need like a supporting voice everybody on there is super nice because like everybody that's on there is there for that so that also really helps. Uh, hopefully, all of these links gets put in the description because since we moved to Anchor, the description box is smaller, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we have less character. But you know, if you ever need anything, also you can message us. You can comment under the podcast of the post we made. You can just ask, and we'll be happy to help. So yeah, thanks again, you guys. Um, as I said, there's a lot to cover. We didn't even touch on like meditation and stuff like that because I feel like that's a bit. That's a whole other conversation, <laughs> and you know, uh, you you can talk to your doctor about that and stuff like that. I just felt like it was important to touch at least on this. Like, there's nothing bad with taking meds if you need it. Yeah, there's no stigma. There's no that stigma. Either. There, there's a whole stigma around that. Unfortunately, we can't cover that bit. Maybe one day we'll be able to. But if you need help with that, then talk to your counselor. Talk to your doctor find somebody that's the best advice i could give you but there is nothing bad with taking medication it's like my dad takes you know pills for his blood pressure it's, it's something he's gonna have to take it's pretty much i take same. pills every day yeah I, it, it, it's better taking a tablet in the morning than feeling shit yeah day. exactly you're allowed exactly. to swear I just, I just yeah yeah you're allowed to <laughs> 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 we get that question every episode it's really funny we should say that before i always forget um that's a load of poo <laughs> Anyway, thank you again, and yeah, thanks for listening, and now we're moving to Office Corner, which is with the Writing Society, so you'll hear from Sarah again, and Ketch, and yeah, and we'll see you later. We'll see you here, you always say see you, and I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, it's me, Office.
Potter, and I'm here for, with the people from the Writing Society, Woo. Ketch, Hi. and Sarah. Hello. And I'm going to ask them a couple of questions about what they do. I'm going to start with asking you guys about... <laughs> what? Right, so the film Monsters Inc. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you ever think about the fact that Mike... Mike? ...reappears after being exiled, and it's never explained how he gets back? I actually do not think about that often. I, mean, <laughs> I yeah, like I I didn't know until you just pointed it out now. But like to be honest, no, I I mean, see, because he he and Sally got separated, right? Yeah. The fact if he comes back, does that mean it's not important yeah. how he came back from it? Maybe just Sully's was more. But is it good writing or is it bad writing? I think it's bad writing. No, it leaves stuff up to the imagination, though. Because it's like, oh, how do you get back? Because if I remember correctly, <laughs> he, like, he, opened, he just appears and there's like some snowflakes still on him or he's like, hmm, snow cones, whatever it is. Uh, and oh, okay. Because okay. so, they already showed how Sully got back. He yeah. just appears. He just appears. I know he just appears, but like... He doesn't know there's, like, there's no snow. Wait, is there? I can't remember. I can't remember. I can't remember. No, I think it's bad writing because whatever the viewer gets from it, yes, I mean... Inco- like imagination is encouraged but there's still ways through writing you can encourage imagination without just leaving something completely blank or oh god I don't know <laughs> <laughs> but is oh. it important like I don't know is the way he comes back more important than the fact that he comes back well this is true but you're thinking about it though yeah and if you're thinking about it it distracts you from the extra story doesn't it that's what I think yeah well so by not answering yeah. that question I think it distracts and I think that's bad didn't even I agree but I was like oh Mike what and then that was it that was the end of my questioning <laughs> <laughs> maybe I was just like a dumb kid I don't know but yeah. <laughs> oh. anyway so yeah you guys run the writing society yeah so, so what what do you do there basically? in the writing society well so would you like to take it <laughs> or shall I I can say uh, I mean it's real it's really chill really yeah. we get together once a week and we write surprise surprise <laughs> but um, we sort of we all kinds. Like we, we tend to focus on creative writing a lot just because Ketch and I are mostly creative writers. Yeah. But we're so open to anything. Like we've done a couple of journalism sessions before mm. and um, we try like and get book review sessions as well. Book actually. review sessions and we're always like open to anybody who needs to come. So a couple of times we've had film students who've sort of come in and we've helped them with their scripts and stuff like that. So it's yeah. just like I mean, we're here as like a support, but mostly just to people who write for fun, like just to um, unwind. I yeah. call it my weekly therapy session because it's <laughs> yeah. just like write down all my frustrations. Like, and like, oh, sorry about that. <laughs> phone call from my manager. Um, no, I, I, I like to think of it as well because when I, I started the writing society in my foundation, yeah, and I just thought, for ages, man. yeah, for ages. <laughs> I'm now in third year. No, um, I just thought it was such a <coughs> important thing for because obviously, I mean, as creators, most of us. Um, don't I mean it's a creative uni but most of us don't write or anything in our courses besides like really like dissertation writing or whatever so like I do illustration and we illustrate books but we don't write the book we don't you know there's a lot of courses costume whatever whatever you're doing you know as a drawing or creating and I just thought as creatives we should have a way to kind of let things out with words as well as you know uh, um, as well as images so I just think it's honestly just a, like, people have come, they don't necessarily, don't have to come constantly, but just come for a session, write things, yeah. see how you can write, even if you don't think you're a good writer, it's just a nice place to let things out, let yeah. words roll. And you never have to share, like, we always, like, we you don't have to, We tend yeah. to go around the table and share what we've just written, if we've done a, a 
like a free writing or giving us a prompt or whatever. But um, we're always saying like, if you don't like it, you don't it's care. It's too like, personal. Yeah. Or, yeah so if a newcomer came along, what could they like expect from a session? Like, um, talking at first. Yeah. Laughter. <laughs> toilet breaks. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I always open the door and I'm like, I'm just going to the loo. Yeah. <laughs> So like, we tend to, we have a, okay, so we normally begin, we'll have like, it's usually three part sessions. So we'll begin with a five to eight minute, like kind of write, uh, like where we just spew anything that comes to mind. We'll play some music, you write something inspired by the music. This is like the kind of Classic standard session. Yeah. And then we will talk about or read out what we've written, see how it's gone, is it difficult, blah, blah, blah. And then you can have the next, it's like maybe 20 minutes to half an hour. We'll have like um, either you carry on what you've written before, or you can bring something from home that you've been working on, yeah. or you can write something new if you just want to spew again. And that's like twenty minutes to half an hour. Again, we talk about it, kind of share with everyone, yeah, that's cool. and then we have like a kind of warm down write, or just end up talking. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it's really just part. It's it's a chat club as it's well. It's a chat club. Yeah. <laughs> but how like if if someone came along with like a piece of work like mm-hmm. a bit of prose or a script that they've written, yeah. how would you guys help them there? Well, it's we read it and we sort of say what works and what doesn't. Yeah. Um, and it depends like what they want help with. So it's helpful if they tell us like we're not sure if the story makes sense or we're not sure if, characters, if are the real. characters are real or the writing itself seems stilted. Like it can be it can be anything like. It can be as silly as like checking grammar sometimes because like yeah. when you're writing you don't really think about these things and so you can some it's sort of when you're it's I mean it's the same like with any creative thing like when you're doing it it's so obvious to you why everything is there mm. that to have someone else look at it and be like but I don't get that and you're like what do you mean <laughs> yeah. but that's what we do yeah <laughs> what but do you we mean? do it in a kind of encouraging way <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, and also like this year you mentioned that you do like some you did odd like little things have you mm. had any like special like occasions that you've done this year that have been like oh well i mean i guess uni slam must be discussed yeah. at this point yeah um because we do basically we we don't we haven't uh, in our kind of club this year uh not all of us have been into poetry but we usually quite tend to do quite a lot of poetry so um we there's a national university uni slam competition i don't know if anyone knows what slam poetry is but um that's it's a competition it it's a spoken word spoken word competition yeah and so we kind of took a group of five and we all went and did some slam poetry. Did not win, but hey, <laughs> it's about the competing. <laughs> it was really fun. It was, it was such so a fun, fun weekend. Yeah. And it, so was, it was like a lot of, so yeah, we had the team together and we had the coach and we had to organize like all the transport there and stuff. And then We there drove were, up hours and hours. And we drove down hours and hours. <laughs> there was up in Leicester. And yeah. but it was so amazing like just to hear... I mean, it's like with anything, like when you're into something and then when you go somewhere where it's like such a vibrant community of it, it's really fantastic. And yeah. it was, we, by the end of it, like we all have such different writing styles yeah. and such different writing voices to then, you get used to it after a while and then to go somewhere else and you're like, whoa, there are a hundred people here and everyone writes about something different. Everyone's yeah. passionate about something different. Yeah. Oh, that sounds really, really so fun. Cool. Yeah, it was <laughs> so cool. And everyone was so friendly. Yeah. It was basically like being in an AD, but for poetry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah actually. Which is super cool. That's oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. So like about you guys though, firstly, what do you, what do you two write then? Um, I write a lot of poetry, so I, uh... You are, in fact, a poet. I am, in <laughs> fact, a poet. I've gone to places and performed poetry. Um, but I, I tend to write about, um, I mean, 
my stuff is very soppy in terms of poetry and I write but it's I do write personal. about it's personal it's very personal I write about mental health I write about um, my state as a black woman <laughs> and as a woman in general uh, but it's just a lot of soppy stuff whereas my kind of my creative writing because I like to write novels and stories it's like young adult fantasy romance in there um, but yeah that kind of thing so it, it dep- differs depending on what kind of thing I'm writing but mm. yeah that tends to be my voice what about you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I crazy stuff. I I tend to write about personal stuff as well. Um, but that's I, like poetry, I think. Yeah, I don't know. When I write stories, I your stories are out there. You think? I really think. Yeah, Sarah, Sarah's got a really. I mean, Sarah's an odd person anyway. But your 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 like creative writing was really like white. Like it, it's unexpected. Very white. No, wild. <laughs> <laughs> White too. No, it's, it's like really wild, I think. But I don't know, you, go on, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I like, um, I'm always really interested in, like, how people relate to each other and interactions between people. So mm-hmm. if ever we have to write a story, I'll tend to put in characters or, and the way they interact with each other. Uh, it's just but it's like. always in an unexpected way. Like, it really, every time she reads something, it will start, we always, okay, so we have prompts. Yeah. So like we'll be like okay um your prompt for this story is the color blue um machines and uh I don't know a blind a blind so then you you have to try and incorporate you don't have to but you have to try and incorporate all those things in your story so where I will go oh yeah so I was walking and the sky was blue and I fell in love with the man who was blind um Sarah might go I don't know Sarah, so Sarah's stuff is just like it comes completely out <laughs> from uh, you know, I don't know. It's very unexpected, basically, Aww. which is what I really like about Sarah's mind Lovely. and her <laughs> stories. I've got n- my number one fan here. Yeah, <laughs> yes, you do. Okay. Um, yeah. Another thing I want to ask: like, uh-huh. do you guys have any like specific like authors or writers who are like influences to you that you think everyone Ooh. should read? Oh, I mean, I do. Oh, that's <laughs> a long list. <laughs> um, I'm really bad with author names, but there's still there's a collection of books. You know the ones James, Dr. James Boyd? Oh, um, in love. The Knife in the Answer. Yeah. yeah, it's a series of three. I've read them. They're really good as well. Do you know what the author's name is? No. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to Google it very quickly. No, um, but you can Yeah, there's... Okay, oh, I'll go in the meantime. The Knife, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so who... Because Lionel Shriver, amazing woman, actually, but she has ten millions mm. of fans. She wrote... We need to talk about Kevin, yeah. which is amazing for film. She wrote Big Brother... Which is an amazing book, and some like oh, actually the most recent book I've forgotten the name of it. It's like We Are the, it's not Marlboro, but basically it's about uh the future, like this fictitious American family, and there's like a second economic crash and everything. Go for shit. Swear. Everything goes to shit basically, <laughs> and um and it's amazing. It's just such an accurate portrayal of what the future might look like. So interesting. So ah. Lionel Shriver. Sorry. What was yours? Oh, mine was Patrick Ness. Yeah, um, I already read Patrick Ness. Yeah, yeah he's really good. The b- that world building is. Yeah, um, world like building. Oh, we go on about world building. <laughs> 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 yeah, Kara. Um, 
score drawn well. Everybody should have done it at school. Mm. If you haven't done it at school, read it in your spare time because you just mm. have some pretty cool ideas. Oh, I read Animal Farm when I was like 12 and didn't yeah. realise it wasn't about animals. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's a fair enough, you know. To me, what? But then, like, but it is, even if you do think it's about animals, it's still a super interesting story. Yeah, yeah. This, is, this is depressing. This is yeah. rude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Don't read this one in like, oh, <laughs> young. I know. Yeah. So good. 1984. What a babe. Yeah. Uh, um, if you haven't read it yet, you need to. I know. I know. Oh, we had to wrap it up in a minute. But before we do, I've got two and a half questions to ask. Two and a half. Okay. Yes. Interesting. So, <laughs> if you could make an animal, any animal, wear any human accessory, what animal would it be, and what Ooh. clothing item would it be? Wait, what? What's so, it's an animal, animal, clothing accessory. Pick one of each together. Hmm. <laughs> okay, I've got it. Go on. A sloth. With a snapback. Oh, no. I just, I can really see a sloth wearing a snapback. I can see that. It's just oh. it's just <laughs> out. Snapback, snapback falls off. But I can, I can see that. Oh. I can see it. Yeah. I'd have a giraffe with a tongue piercing. Oh, oh my oh. god, that's awful. Good choice. Good choice. That's awful. They get extra leaves. Right. Yeah, but they, it would snag on the leaves. Poor yeah, giraffe. but then it's like nice. Question two. All right. What hairstyle would suit me the least? You? Yeah, me oh. personally. The very worst oh. hairstyle you can imagine on me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I've got it. Okay. Go on. Well, this, you know from the <laughs> 90s when everyone was having those, like, kind of, it was kind of punky, I guess, but, like, they gelled up, like, triangles <laughs> off the head. I don't I think just... that looks good on anyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah, well, this is true, but I think it would look the worst on you. Yeah, yeah. I think, what if you used all your facial hair, but you, like, you you got like a nice logo going all through your face, <laughs> so it starts in your beard and goes up your eyebrow and finishes oh, like wow. just as it goes into your hairline. Oh, is the rest just bald? <laughs> <or what? laughs> yeah, I mean you can the keep rest the, just bald. The rest, no, just, the rest bald. just bald. Yeah. Okay. The last one is: Are you guys looking forward to? Okay, <laughs> that's, that's it. That's that's all the. Oh, questions. that's the half. Yeah, I that's see. The half. Are you guys looking forward to? I am. I am looking forward to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really happy to hear that. What about you, Sarah? I mean, if she's looking forward, I have to look backwards, so oh. I'm looking backwards too. Whoa. Do you see what I mean about Sarah's <laughs> mind, like the way it works? Like, even with that Nike. Oh, anyway, yeah, that's, that's, that's been great, guys. So <laughs> Thank you can, very much. Where can people find you? So, we are, I mean, Catch a Bell. Catch a Bell? Catch, catch is leaving. Because she's but, finishing. Yes, I am finishing. But, but my society shall continue. Yes, in K102 probably. K102, yeah. Room. So, yeah. come find us for Fresh as Fair. We'll be there. And we'll be going every week again. Woo! Wednesdays, right? Wednesdays, yeah. Wednesdays. 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 Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank <laughs> Yay! You. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. So that was Otto with his Oscar's Corner interview, which now became like a whole room. Uh, as I said last time, so I'm sure I'm just awful calculated. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> Sarah's just staring at me, like, shut up. It, just, it took me a while to figure it out, actually. I was like, what do you mean, it's, it's not that great. Um, anyway, uh, once again, thanks to Sarah and Ketch for taking part to the, the whole thing, and, you know, again, to our guests, to Otto for doing this every time and coming up with new stuff. I, there's a lot of thanking today because, as I said earlier, it is technically our last episode of the year. We're not leaving. We're coming back next year. Come to find us at Freshest Fair because we'll be there and we'll be yelling at you to join us. 
Uh, yay! yay. <laughs> Aggressive recruiting. Uh, no, it's fine. But um, regardless of that, you know, we're ending, and there's a lot of stuff going on and not going on in uni. We've had the little festival thing, like our own little festival. I had a lot of free ice cream, even though I shouldn't have. Um, um, you know, one thing that's happening is the foundation gallery. Well, in the gallery, the foundation yeah, uh, it's exhibition. In, it's in the gallery, and it's also in Packet House, uh, oh which are God. the the grey buildings opposite, not opposite, mm-hmm. sorry, um, near student services. Yeah, it's the like the like, I don't know how to call them, like the really grey. Yeah. Uh, you already said grey building. I don't know how to describe them. Exactly. Uh, so if the student services are yellow, then they're near them are the pink buildings, and opposite the pink buildings is Packet House, yeah. which, which is grey and has triangular roofs. They have the, yeah, it's triangular, that's what I was going to say, the triangular roofs, but yeah, thanks for that, because um, I didn't remember they had it in there as well. Yeah, I'd last I year I went. It's quite funky actually. Yeah, it's pretty nice. It's I remember a nostalgia going. trip. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's done foundation, like, oh yeah, oh, I remember this. Oh uh, yeah, so go see the foundation exhibition in the gallery and in Packet House. Packet House. Um, and just, you know, as usual, that's what's going on in the gallery. That's our little corner. And that's pretty much it, like, because we're done. And good luck to everybody who's graduating. Good luck to everybody who's going away for the summer, who's coming back, who's staying. If you're getting a job, good for you. If you're not, don't worry. You'll be fine. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't have a job yet for the summer, and I should probably get one. Anyway, thanks for Sarah again, and Hi. thanks for any to anybody really who's ever listened to us throughout this episode. As I said, it won't be the very last episode. We've got a little special thing saved, but it's effectively the last thing you'll hear me like sit here and talk your ears off about stuff. Um, so yeah, thanks for anyone who supported us in this our in this first year, and hopefully next year we'll do a lot better and we'll do a lot more and we'll like get you involved. Hope you didn't hear, like, I don't know if you can hear my water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, I don't know if you've got any anything to add to that. No, I'd, I'd just say uh, podcast recording is a lot of fun. I, <laughs> I have only got involved with it. Um, I run Writing Society with Ketch, and I just sort of, I don't know, go about my life, and <laughs> only heard about Podcast Society because Mila was telling us about it. Mila is one of the excellent people who helps coordinate uh, society. <laughs> and you like your listeners. Know. <laughs> I do love. Um, and yeah, and then, and, but ever since I've got involved, like um, we've, I've helped do some of the research. And I've just mm-hmm. today I was involved with really a good research as well. Can I add? Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, obviously, I was just like here chatting and stuff. So it's just it's just a really fun thing to get involved with. If it's the kind of thing that interests you, everyone's nice. No one's caring. <laughs> just come chat to us. Yes. We like if you have an idea for your own episode, you know, just come up to us. Of course. As I said, we're done now, but next year, keep that in mind. Show up, precious pair, and just we'll be there. We'll be there. <gasps> precious pair, we'll be there. Oh, nice. Right, just like tickets. Okay, thank you everyone again, Bye. and we'll hear you next year. <laughs> Have a good summer. Yay! Have fun.